Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill, and today I'm with one of the most inspiring people on the planet, Amy Weenens. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored to be on it. Man, it is such an honor for me to have you on the show. And we were just at a conference together and yes. you got up on stage and you freaking rocked. You told your story. I I was inspired. I was in tears. I was inspired. And then you got the only standing ovation of the entire week. And I was so honored. It was amazing. And so I, 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 I came up to you after you got off stage. And I said, would you please bring your wisdom to the show? And thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I love to start out with wins and good news. And yeah. um, what's a win right now? What's just something in your life that, that's a win right now? You know, a big win for me, honestly, there's two things. Um, my, I have a podcast called You Are More. That That's a win for me. Like, it's like my passion project and it gives me life doing it. It's like oxygen to me and it's picking up some traction. So to me, I look at that and that's a win. I look at my um, my family right now and I think you go through seasons where you're like, okay, we're we're working, like we're on the same path. We're aligned. My spouse, my husband and I, we're aligned. That's a win. Yeah, that's a huge, that's the biggest win for me when I'm in full alignment with Katie. Yeah, and the podcast, You Are More. It couldn't be a more inspiring name. I love it. And I'm so proud of you for what you're doing for the world. And so you were talking about this podcast. You're also a mom of twins, Mm -hmm. of twins. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal twins and CEO of one of the best real estate teams in the country. How, how are you doing all of this? You know what? I've got an amazing team and I have great support systems around me. Right. I basically, I always just tell my team, I'm really good at one or two things. And then I got to surround, I got to literally, I have a great team around me that keeps everything moving forward. Yeah. And you attracted that great team and you inspire that great team and you lead that great team. And that is how you're able to accomplish these things. Um, I was sharing before we jumped on my big win. I came into the office yesterday morning and uh, I walk into our executive team meeting and everyone says, congratulations. And there's balloons up and everybody's cheering and they've got mimosas. And I'm like, it's the number 52 is on the wall. And I'm like, man, I'm not 52 years old. What, what is this all about? <laughs> and they said, we just closed 52 million in homes in the month it's of April. Huge. And it's That's the biggest huge. month in company history. And let's celebrate. And Yeah, congratulations. I, it's huge. Thank you. To me, the biggest celebration was that my team is celebrating without my leadership, that they're, yeah. that they're counting the win, that they're taking the yeah. time to feel great about a great accomplishment. So many times I feel like we just charge forward the next accomplishment, the next accomplishment, the next goal. Okay. That's done. Next, next, next. And we never take a moment to notice 
like the brilliance or to have gratitude or appreciation. So um, I just love that they they took the time to create that celebration. Yeah, no, it's really, really awesome. So you're out there like hard charging, winning at massive levels. And I know you run your team with positivity and passion. How do you guys take the time to to celebrate and, and appreciate? You know, I have to be really honest and tell you that um, until a few years ago, I was just that hard charging person. Like I didn't take the time to, like I had to celebrate our accomplishments for a minute and then I would move on because I'd already seen that in my mind. So when we got there, it's like old news to me, right? And I was on to the next. And I realized for my team to move on that I needed to celebrate the moments. I needed to celebrate them because they're not wired like I am. I see it, we get there and it's like, oh yeah, I already knew we were gonna get there. So it's not that big a deal to me. It feels anticlimactic when we actually arrive there because I already knew we were gonna arrive there. Do you see what I'm saying? Wow. So I have had to really step back and go, okay, I have to sell. I need to celebrate this moment. And if you ask any of my leadership team, it's probably one of my biggest weaknesses is I just keep moving. Like, yeah, we'll celebrate for a day or so, but then I'm on to the next. And, and I always believe your best days are ahead of you and you either have to be growing or you're dying. And so I really embrace that in everything. However, you do need to stop, take a breath, enjoy the people. And what I've probably, um, like a few months ago, I just had this strong feeling like there's some people on my team that I just need to let them know how much I appreciate them. Because what you appreciate, appreciates, right? Yeah. And sometimes we just think, well, you're doing your job and they're doing a great job, but they know I think they're doing a great job. They know I value them. But I think in the world today with people, I mean, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are negative. Like we can't overemphasize what that positive, hey, thank you. You're awesome. I couldn't do this without you. Like that really does move the needle. And they'll go to the mountains for you, right? When they feel appreciated and valued. What you appreciate, appreciates. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't think there's anything more important with the people that we work with than telling them how awesome they are. And it's easy to take them for granted. It's actually easy for me to take Katie for granted. And she's Mm -hmm. amazing. Like the love of my life. And she, she is so hard charging on the home front. And she also is a CFO of our company and she's just amazing. And yet sometimes I'm not saying you're amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. It really has to be in like an intentional thing. Yeah. Right. It has to be such an, like, that's why I get, I always go back to a morning routine and I have to have that time by myself in the morning because that gives me the time to go, okay, who do I need to focus on today? Well, my family is always, it has to be my number one focus, but those, you can have time with your family and not be there. I've been there lots of times. <laughs> I'm present, but I'm not present. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, I'm just going to admit it. I mean, that's just truth. Everybody, you're you're talking about you're talking to all human beings right now. There's, there's no present, human being that, present, that doesn't right? know exactly what you're saying because we're all the same way. That especially when we're thinking about doing big things in our life, our brain can just go into the future when there's like our life right in front of us. And Matt, here's the thing: I love to go there. Like I love to go. Okay, where are we going with this? Okay, what are we doing this? And I'm like, oh yeah, my kids are outside playing all right, oh my gosh, they're laughing so hard. They're having this comment. Oh, now we're having a dance party in our kitchen. Okay, do you know what I mean? Like you have to like, okay, shut it off and be in the moment. And that is a hard challenge for me. It really is something I have to really focus on. But like, even like this morning, um, 
like my daughter, I was getting ready to walk out the door and I usually take them to, to school every day and I'm not going to take them to school this morning. But I went in there. I still had those moments. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're going to have a great day. I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. And I can't wait to have fun with you this week. So like, I still had that contact. You have to, like, you don't have to have a ton of time. You have to have a lot of contact that it's an intentional contact, right? Like I put into her, like, I know she was going to school today, feeling extremely loved. Not that I left early. You know what I mean? I love that. You know, you, you, we talked about the disciplines, but before we went there, I wanted to go to something you said just a little bit ago. And you, you mentioned to me, um, a question that you are always thinking for other people, where are you going with your mouth? And you said your language indicates your life. Can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, Matt, I think that language is a locator. When I hear people talk, I can locate them quickly, right? How they think, how they speak, the energy that they carry. But if you, I just had someone sitting in my office a few, a few months ago and I listened to them talk and I said, um, I just have a question for you. Do you have permission to give you some feedback? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. I go, boy, I'm looking at your future and it doesn't look good. And they're like, huh? I go, I've just sit here, I've just listened to you for 20 minutes. Tell me all the impossibilities in your life. You can't do this. You never get a good break. Everything bad always happens to you. You don't know that you're perpetuating that with what you speak. You need to flip that narrative and start to speak the opposite. And God, I mean, I'm like, I've done hard things. I mean, I've had some some professional challenges. I went through a, a five-year period of lawsuits where it was back-to-back really intense, like, and thank God, God delivered me out of all of them and nothing ever came. I got, I got released from both of them, but they were mental battles that I literally had to flip the narrative all the time. And I think that we get into situations in our life that you take on condemnation or you take on guilt or why, or you take on a victim mentality. Like you can become a victim quickly, right? This happened. COVID happened. This happened. Health chart crisis. You become a victim and you have to take your power back and go, no, it's how I perceive it. It's how I'm going to move through this narrative. And I'm always about, if I get, if you're like, like I've always, I mean, I've been walking around the, our community for the last 25 years saying, I'm sought out. I'm blessed. Everything I touch prospers. Everything I touch increase. I'm a magnet for wealth. I'm a magnet for creativity. I'm a magnet for business. I tell my team this all the time, do it. You're not crazy. What happens is everything is lining up with that. Guess what? You're going to eat the fruit of your words. You're going, to, you're going to start to see people are attracted to you. They love the energy that you have. They want to be associated with you. They want to do business with you. You know what I mean? You're going to you're- eat the fruit of your words. That is such an awesome visual. And what if the fruit that you're eating is rotten? It's because you've been framing your life wrong. I'm just saying, because if the words you're saying are the opposite of, a, I'm a magnet for wealth and people seek me out, if it's the opposite that, oh, things bad always happen to me or bad things come in threes, then that's exactly, that's the fruit that you're eating. It's rotten fruit. And then you have a rotten future that you've just spoken into existence. You said something just a moment ago. We have 60,000 thoughts a day and more than half of them are negative. Totally agree. Like 90%. Because our brain is skewed. It's a two two million year old processing center, like to focus on what's going wrong to keep us alive. And we wake up with this negativity in our brain. And but we only speak a fraction of the thoughts that we think. So mm-hmm. if we're if we're having sixty thousand thoughts, we might only speak six hundred sentences today. 
you know, a percent of all those thoughts. So the words that we actually say that actually come out of our mouths are like a thousand times more powerful than all those negative thoughts. So it's okay that we have these negative thoughts. We can't get rid of them. It's, we're part of the human, the human evolution. We just have negative thoughts, but we can reprogram our life by choosing to speak the positive ones. And that's, um, I love that, that the fruit, the words, the language you use is the fruit of your life. That's awesome. Yeah. I just feel like we have, we possess, I mean, we believe our own words above everybody else. Right. Yeah. So when we speak the negative, we really believe it. Like something latches on and says, Oh yeah, yeah, it is bad. Oh yeah. That is, you know what I mean? So I believe you have to have a safe space. I'm not a, Hey, stuff, 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 and not be real. You have to have a safe space to let it out. Right. Let the steam out, so to speak. But I think that you can come to a place in your life where you're reprogramming your mind so much. Um, I have spent a lot of my days reprogramming my mind. Um, but I feel like, so we talked about this briefly in Nashville. And at the end of, uh, at the end of 2020, entering 2021, I had a health crisis hit me. And it rocked me. I entered 2021 full of hope and expectation. I had big dreams, big goals. And I just got a reset. Like, wow, what just happened to me, right? And I had to go back and I had to dig so deep into what do I really believe? I'm going to frame the, my life by the words I speak. I'm going to navigate this this way. And every day, I, I mean, every day, I mean, I spent 30 minutes this morning just speaking about how healthy I am. Yeah. Over my body. Yeah. I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm vibrant. I'm alive. I'm going to live long and strong on this earth. I'm accomplishing all that I'm called to accomplish on this earth. Right. Like I talk to myself all the time. If you see me out on a walk in the morning, I usually like to walk in the dark so that no one sees me talking. <laughs> I'm talking to myself the whole entire time. You know what I mean? I had, I had <laughs> affirmations laminated and put in my shower. Yeah. And, and, and I used to, in the shower, I would scream these affirmations of who I was. I was proclaiming yeah. to the world yes. who I really was. And I had roommates and they were making fun of me and it didn't matter. You're eating the fruit of it though, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Every You're one of those affirmations. Of all those words. And then, um, and so my morning routine had really um, created my entire life. And I know we talked about this and, we're, and I'd love to get into your morning routine. One of my pieces in the morning routine that I have never stopped is I write who I'm becoming. Nice. I, I write the three biggest visions for my life. Every single day, I write three sentences and they change. Yeah. But right. Usually there's a theme for the year. And, mm -hmm. um, and so every single day I'm affirming to myself, it's like, I'm taking this thought that's an intangible thing and making it tangible with my pen on a piece of paper. My, my eyes see what I've just created on this piece of paper. And so, as you said before, you've already seen the outcome before your team realizes the outcome. So for you, you're like, oh yeah, of course that was inevitable. It was going to happen. I'm mm -hmm. the same way. It was mm -hmm. like that 52 with the balloons. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. no, I already knew that. Right. Yeah. Like I'd already known we were selling 50 million a year or a month yeah. and yeah. Um, totally agree. So let's go into your morning routine because we wake up in the monkey mind. We, we wake up with these 60,000 negative thoughts. What do you do in the morning to fortify all this positivity? Um, first, for me personally, I have, I get up and I get my body moving. Right. 
And then I, if I, and typically, I mean, when I'm moving my body, depending on what I'm doing, right? Cause I have two different routines, depending on what I'm doing, I'm either listening to a podcast, I'm listening to something positive, right? I'm already starting to put positivity into my body. It is like an infusion every single morning. I have to do that. I dis, I'm disciplined in that. But the first thing I start to do, I, I, I my first wake up is, thank God I woke up this morning. Wow. I woke up, I got breath in my body. That means I have a purpose and a call today. That means I have the opportunity to create impact and change in people's lives today. Like that's my very first go-to thought. How did you, how did you program that? How did you program that? How did you, because you, you weren't born saying, oh, I'm going to wake up and thank God today. Uh, You had to make a conscious decision to program that as your first thought. How did you program it? Um, I think that I, I think that, um, I honestly feel like that's probably become much more natural for me after um, my last few years of a health situation. Yeah. Right. That becomes very like, you don't, you don't think about your health until you don't, until something like rocks it. Right. And if you have your health, you honestly do have everything. And I'm thankful I'm healthy. Right. I'm thankful I have a good report, but I, I had a scary, I had a scary seven or eight months period. And I literally would wake up and I'm like, thank God I woke up today. Thank God I got breath in my body. But if you if you talk to my team for the last five years, I've probably said that to them. I'm like, guys, life can, this business can be hard. You can get knocked down. This is a, a, a game of pop back factor. Got to get the pop back, right? You got to keep getting back up. You're the only one who can get yourself back up. But let's start with the basics. You woke up this morning. A lot of people didn't. That means you have a purpose on this earth. That means you're called to do something today because you have breath in your body, Right. Wow. That is so freaking powerful. Yeah. If you woke up today and you have breath in your body, you have the power to do something great today. You know, your your podcast is you are more. And, um, and, and you've, you've said that you're here to inspire people to, um, the purpose that they were created for, to let the dreams and desires that they have in them be released. What, like, what do you think holds people back from letting these dreams that are inside them be released? I think in a large part, it's fear. I think fear dominates our world and and it's sneaky. You might not even notice it. Fear. And and also here's the thing. I so believe that we're such originals on this earth. Like I'm not here to duplicate anybody. I'm not here to, to be anybody else than who I am. Right. But I feel like so many people get in this like herd mentality, blend into the crowd because maybe that's how they are raised. I mean, reality is so much. You have to do some deep internal work, I think, to actually walk into what you're called to walk into, to actually be everything you're called to walk in this earth. Because you have to have this internal confidence and this internal mojo that uh, I know I'm, I'm here for a bigger purpose. And because I'm here for a bigger purpose, it's OK if I'm different. Like, I'm very different. I'm kind of quirky. <laughs> And I used to think that that was bad. And now I'm like, no, it's how I'm intended to be because I don't, I'm not supposed to be a carbon copy of anybody else. I'm not supposed to be a duplicate of somebody. I'm here with a different purpose. And I've known it since I was five years old. Like I can honestly say for five, since I was five years old, I've had this thing. Like I've always tried to um, change things for people, create things for people, change their life, give them perspective, right? Encourage them. Like I've always naturally done that. Real estate's my platform, but it's not, it's, it's like my side hustle, so to speak, right? It's not really a side hustle, but it's kind of like my side hustle because my intentionality is I wanted, I wanted pe- people to wake up to the fact that they contain all these seeds 
of greatness. Their individual call is so critical to this earth. And if they don't walk in what they're called to walk into, we miss out. And so, Matt, if you weren't, if you weren't called, I mean, if you didn't start your podcast and start doing that, think how many people's lives wouldn't be like, I mean, think how powerful a podcast is. I listened to one this morning and I'm like, oh yeah, that one thought quickened me. That one thought can change your life. That one, you know, okay. So I just feel like I'm, I'm on this earth to inspire people. I really seem to resonate with um, women and I understand that, but I also am like, guys, well, you get in a natural role. You're this, you're that, you're this. But guess what? There's probably something on the inside of you that says, you know what? I'm not just that. I'm actually more. Hmm. So I think that the things that limit us is a, a mediocrity that we just want to hang with our crowd. And most of the time you can't hang with your crowd if you're going to be exceptional, right? In my opinion, you're not going to be able, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to do the average everyday mundane things that everyone just hangs out and you know what I mean? There's, you can do that on occasion, but you can't live there. Right. And so I think that that separates people. They want to just have their crew of friends. But when you decide I'm going to do something different, your friend group changes. Yeah. The people we hang around influence us so much. But you, you had inspired me with everything you were just saying. There's a quote that I read in the last couple of weeks and it said, people are praying for a miracle. Mm-hmm. God sent you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that yeah. call that called to me, and yeah. she, the author is Marianne Williamson, and um, the book is uh, a return to love. And yeah. she said, "People are praying for a miracle, and God sent you." And she, it, she was saying it to every single person reading the book, which is exactly what your podcast is saying: is that you are here for more than your job. Mm-hmm. You're here for more than your career. You are here to change people's lives for the better. And it, it could just be holding the door for somebody at the grocery store. It could be noticing that somebody is struggling getting something off of a shelf and helping them get it. It could be smiling at the barista. We don't know how one small positive comment can change somebody's life. Matt, sometimes I think that we're always looking for the the wow moments, the, all this kind of like, oh, that's the wow moment, right? But your life is being built on the seeds you sow like every single day. The other day I was like looking for that oh, what's my next moment? What's, you know, and I was kind of like, ah, and I'm like, go back to the basics. What do I have in my hand? Yeah. Right. What can I develop that is right here, right here, tangible? And um, what can I focus on growing them? Because I know that that'll come back. And I walked, I was, I walked out outside and my kids were outside playing and I noticed my neighbor, um, she had just started to mow her yard. And I, most of my neighborhood has lawn services, right? So I didn't even actually know because I'm, you know, just living like that she didn't have that. Her husband just passed away and she's out there pushing a push mower in a big yard. And all of a sudden I had this feeling like, mm, I need to go to, I need to go mow that yard for her. So I walked over to her and said, I'm going to mow your yard. And she goes, no, I go, no, seriously, I'm going to mow your yard. Now I did have to tell you, I was like, whoa, I'm not used to mowing yards, right? I'm like, well, I got some blisters. <laughs> I'm not used to it. <laughs> then I'm raking the cloth. I'm raking it out because she let it grow too long. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to rake this up. Wow. I'm going to make it look like how I would want it to look. And I'm like, it's a seed. Yeah. It's a seed. Like, did I make an impact in her day? 100%. I went to bed that night. I'm like, I made an impact in her day. I lightened the load. What an overwhelming thing as a widow looking at an overgrown yard because it's been raining and raining and raining and like 
okay, now I'm going to do this. And so I, when you step in there with people, like you just never know, like do what's, do the next thing. You have the people in your life, so into them, do the next thing, so into them. And sometimes I think we're always chasing, 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 but the gold is right in front of you. Yeah. God gave so, us this day. Yeah. He gave us the people that are here this day. He gave you and me this conversation. Mm-hmm. He gave you the opportunity to walk out your door and see that neighbor on that particular day. And it's, are we showing up today is the most loving version of ourselves, the most giving version of ourselves, or are mm-hmm. we caught up in our own stuff? Mm-hmm. And uh, It's so easy to be caught up. But you're such a There's hero. Plenty of you're be, such huh? a hero. I mean, CEO like of this huge company mowing your neighbor's yard. Oh, it's beautiful. I, but here's the thing: it was a, it, it was it felt so good. And guess what? That I got my kids involved in. I'm like, guys, yeah. come over here. And they're like, yeah, mom, what are we doing? Who is this person? She just moved in not very long ago. I don't even know her name actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know her name. Isn't that horrible? No, it's not I'm horrible. Like, I, think it's, I think it's this, but I'm not sure. But yeah. we just got to mow our yard. Yeah. And so my kids are seven. I'm like, get your brooms out, guys. Go run home and get brooms. And they're like, they felt good. Of course. Yeah. You know? And so you weren't just a hero to your neighbor. You were the yeah. hero to your children. Yeah. They're like, why are we doing this, mom? Because I mean, we don't mow our own yard. <laughs> you know they, what I mean? They don't, they don't even listen to what we say, our kids, yeah. but they yeah. certainly watch everything we do. Mm-hmm. And that you, like you, we have no idea. You have no idea how mowing that lawn is going to impact their entire future and yeah. your grandchildren's future because your children yeah. got involved in that one moment. Oh, I mm-hmm. love I love that story. You know, we talked at the conference about you set the narrative. Mm-hmm. And uh, I run a big team. I've got a lot of people that work here. And the majority of the thoughts people have, we've already said, are negative. So the majority of the words that come out of most people's mouths are negative. Mm-hmm. Even the people in my team and I, I like, I run the good mood show. Like this is my thing, right? Is catching my language and catching other people's language. How do you set the tone? How do you set the narrative with your team and, and people in your life? Well, I mean, I can just go back to this. I, I'm a person that, again, I just, I so believe in the power of our words that, okay, yeah, we've had a low inventory market. But I don't even say those words anymore. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, that's old news. Like, no, thank you. Because if I say that, I'm already setting this, oh, right? But here's the reality of it. It's not any different than in 2008. I'm going to go back to this because in 2008, I was sitting in a a room of top producers. And guess what they're telling me? The market's horrible. The market's crashing. It's crashing. crashing. Yeah. Horrible. And I have to tell you something, I'll never forget this. I went home, I got in my bed and I was literally vibrating. I was like, whoa. You could feel the vibration of the negativity. the vibrations of all that, right? And so then I, so I went back to a sales meeting and I was like, okay, we're going to be a pump up sales meeting. And all they did is reiterate the fact that everything negative, right? Yeah. And I literally walked out of that room. I stood up. I felt myself like, go, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, uh, no, no, not, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I stood up. I walked out. I said to my team, I'm like, hey, never go to that meeting again. We're never going to that meeting again. Yep. And don't stand around and have lunch with them or hang out with those people either. And they're good people. And they're like, why? I go, I don't want what they're carrying to get on you. Like we are not, we're putting blinders on and we're going to go have a great year. I did the exact same thing. I was at a a Remax office. Everyone was telling everyone how bad the market was. And I had to silo my group of people away from them. And I actually had to move offices. I, I started my own real estate company 
like this is the reason I started it to get the negative language of the people around me out of my team's head. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, we you have to do you have to go to extremes. So we literally moved. It cost me more money to open my own firm. I didn't open it for anything other than just to set the, the the narrative, to set the positivity, to feed positivity in their mind and protect our mindset because I knew that was everything. And as soon mm-hmm. as we did that, as soon as we got out of there, we doubled the next year. Mm-hmm. Like just blew up. We had been growing incrementally, and then the next year, as soon as we got away from that, like dark halo of negativity. We just, yeah. we just blew up. And you had said something about the RAS system, the reticular activator system. Yeah, I, this is I my favorite part of the brain. Tell me a little bit I about that. It. Yeah. So I, it's a few years ago, I'm like, I, to my t- we always have a, you know, kind of a state of the union team advance. We're setting the course for the next year. And I'm like, guys, here's the thing. We have this incredible gift on the inside. Our bodies have this reticular activation system, which the reality of it is, is that it doesn't, the reticular activation system, when you speak something and you visualize it, right? You speak and you visualize it, your brain doesn't know that this is not actually happening. Like it starts to code it as like a memory, right? So you start to become confident in that. You start to see it. You start to walk in it. So every day, like I really work with that system. Like I'm always like visualizing, even like when you're walking through problems and stress or whatever, if you can see on the other side, like when I I had that health diagnosis, I put a picture of me healthy in front of me. And I looked at that picture all the time. I'm like, I got to focus on that vision. That vision is health. And then I would put a picture of like, uh, like on a trip, like a trip with my kids. And it'd be like down the road, like long time down the road. Like I'm living long and strong on this earth, right? Like I'm programming that reticular activation. When I can, if what I can visualize, what I can speak forth. I, my, my, it, my mind thinks that it's an actual experience. Right. And it's an experience that's positive. And it perpetuates confidence and you just keep, and you start to create it. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it was described to me that uh, whatever you're picturing in your mind, that mm-hmm. is your reality because we can't see all of reality. There's mm-hmm. so much information around us. Our brain just doesn't think that fast. Our brain only thinks 60,000 thoughts a day, but there's 4 billion bits of information that are coming into us every day. So mm-hmm. we're, we only have the pro- ability to process 0.000001% of what's actually happening. So when mm-hmm. we put our mind to work, we are seeing the 0.000001% of reality that we want to see. Mm-hmm. And then we go out and like all of a sudden, oh, okay, that's a healthy choice. That's a healthy choice. That's going to promote my health. And we start to choose the pieces of this huge reality that we can't even comprehend or take in. And then we make that our reality. That's how the RAS system works to my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I use it. I use vision boards. Yeah. We've got a baby. We've got a baby boy. I don't know how we have a baby boy. We've got three beautiful girls and I freaking love them. And, uh, and the the doctor's like, you know, the odds are 50, 50 after the third girl, I said, no, we, we're going to have four girls. And I love that. I went and watched the movie, little women. And (laughs) I saw the four sisters and I just loved the four, this, you know, I was just totally convinced. And yet, even then I, on my vision board, I had a picture of a dad holding a baby boy. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. Yep. We, we have, we have a baby boy. You know, I want to just, so I didn't get married until I was like 37. We didn't even start to try to have kids until I wasn't even on my brain. Really. I've just been, I, it just wasn't even a thing. And we started to like, I'm like 40. I'm like, Whoa, we're going to have kids. We better do this like now. <laughs> well, we kind of missed that window. I had multiple miscarriages and, um, 
I did, we kind of missed that window, right? So literally, my husband and I kind of had this thing though, like we're going to have twins, right? And through a series of events, um, a, a good friend of my sister, we looked at adoption. Adoption wasn't an option. I got pregnant really easy. It's just, I couldn't carry on, right? Yeah. I couldn't carry full term. So literally my sister's on a, a Mother's Day run in Kansas City with a good friend of hers. And she's like, how are Amy and Steve doing? And she's like, well, they've just decided they're going to be really great aunts and uncles because we love to be an aunt and uncle, right? Yeah. And adoption is really not an option for them like because you have to go on a big marketing campaign and I'm not going to expose that to the world, right? So I was just like, huh. And she, so and my sister said to her, she goes, we're, I, I have babies easy. We've kind of thought about maybe we could carry a baby for her, but it'd be awkward since I'm her sister. And the very next day, um, her friend, Jana Beth calls her and says, you know what, Mo, my husband and I talked about this last night. We feel like we're supposed to carry Amy and Steve's babies. Huh. And literally, um, I said, well, she, my sister calls me. I go, let's just let this sink in for a few weeks to make sure it's not some emotional play, Right. So two weeks later, I called um, this Jana Beth and I'm like, hey, I go, I've heard, you know, that you guys might possibly, you might possibly be interested in like being a gestational carrier for us. And she's like, we feel like God wants us to do that for you. Wow. And I'm like, really? Huh? Here's the thing. But I have been speaking. We're going to have twins. We're going to have twins. We're going to have twins. Guess what happened? We go to meet with our attorney. I said, hey, we might have a different situation here. We're not talking adoption anymore. We're not talking that. I go, I have someone who's willing to be a gestational carrier for us. And he goes, Amy, one of my best friends is a leading gestational carrier attorney in the country. And he just happens to be located in Kansas City. Why does it work like this? Right? I'm like, wow. So here's the thing. At the time, they had Kansas and and, uh, Missouri had different law uh, guidelines on what they could do as far as a gestational care, like for insurance, for everything. She was, um, and I can't, I get flip-flop from which, which it was, but she was a mile into the boundary of the state that allowed it. Wow. Right? So One mile. One mile. All of these things lining up. All these things. But again, you're going to eat the fruit of your words. So you can, you can get discouraged and think, well, it's not happening conventionally. Like, I'm discouraged. This is not happening I missed the moment. I'm, you know, whatever. But if you keep speaking that desired result out, it's going to start to manifest towards you. It will manifest. So I might, uh, my husband and I, we make up jokes like, hey, double yo- bring on a double yoker. I mean, we would say all kinds of crazy things. When we got into the point where Jana Bess got pregnant right away with our, our, we had to do this whole in vitro thing, right? Yeah. She got pregnant immediately with twins. But it like I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised because I kept having that feeling we're going to have twins. And I kept saying, we're going to have twins. Bring on a double yoker. We're only doing this once. Mm. Right. So for people that are out there that are discouraged, they're walking through some, some hard situations. They've been given a, a, a health diagnosis or a, a infertility diagnosis or a, Hey, you can't do this kind of a statement to them over their life. Like flip the narrative, flip the narrative, flip the narrative. And speak the opposite. Yeah, There's speak, so much power in what we speak. Speak what you want, uh-huh. not what you don't want. Because it right. doesn't matter. Speak Whatever that. you say, you get. Whatever you say repeatedly, you mm-hmm. get, positive or negative. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've been really thinking this one thought this for the last couple of weeks. And I got it from Steve Gill. Steve is okay. my coach. And Steve said, okay. uh, the language you speak and the meaning you give events creates the emotions you feel. Mm-hmm. The emotions you feel determine what actions you're willing to take. And what mm-hmm. actions you take create all your results in life. So yeah. if, you, if you take those middle steps out, it is literally whatever language you're saying or the meaning you're giving an event creates your results in life. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, that is it. It's your language and the meaning you're giving things creates your results in life. And you could have totally given the meaning that you weren't supposed to have kids or God doesn't love you or, you know, oh, woe is me or I'm broken or whatever, like BS stuff you could have thought or held on to. And yet you said, no, those thoughts aren't what I want. I want twins. Mm-hmm. And you spoke that language and that was your result. Mm-hmm. Really powerful illustration. And like you're children are so beautiful. Your family is so beautiful. I feel so blessed. I feel incredibly, incredibly blessed. I am blessed, right? We all I are. really am blessed. We're blessed. Um, but I'm so thankful that I know this key, that I'm going to eat the fruit of my words. I hope everyone listening to this show rewinds that section, writes this down, that you eat the fruit of your language, that you eat mm-hmm. the fruit of your words. And, we, and everyone listening to the show is blessed. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this show, absolutely, you have have had challenges. I've had challenges. You've had challenges. We, we, the only people who don't have challenges live six feet under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're human. True. We have challenges. Uh-huh. However, whatever language you're saying creates your future, and we all are blessed. All of us are blessed. I don't care what challenges you face, what your life has been like, how hard it's been. It doesn't matter. We're all blessed in this moment if we choose to start speaking what we want. I think it's speaking it and make and making a, a conscious decision to flip the narrative. I hear so many people. I'm like, if you hang around people that are unhappy in your marriage, you're going to become unhappy in your marriage. Yes. Right. Because, oh, they don't do this. And they don't. Oh, yeah. Mine doesn't do that either. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you can say, oh, yeah, 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 I get that. There's so many like you flip the narrative. Like if I ever get frustrated with my husband, I'm like, guess what? Someone would love to have this issue. Yes. Someone would take him in, in one minute with this little small issue. This is not a big thing. But we get so focused on little annoyances and things like that, that we don't like, we don't got to flip the narrative and like really align yourself to me. I'm like, the power of your words is critical. Who you associate with is critical. Who you let give counsel. I have a multitude of people around me, but they don't have access. They might uh, seem like they have access, but I'm very guarded who I actually allow to have real, real true ability to just speak directly to my heart. I'm guarded in that. Yeah. I, I, we, you have big dreams. I have big dreams. We already have fears that we're not enough to achieve the big dreams. I don't need someone else's fears that I'm not enough to achieve my big dreams to influence me. So Uh I, I do, I keep my visions sacred. Of course I share them with Katie. And Katie always yeah. supports me yeah. and she always believes in me. Yeah. And I think yeah. we need that cheerleader in our life too. 100%. So, I, I said to my, the other day, I said, Steve, my husband, I'm like, you're my biggest asset. You are the best side of me, right? Yes. Because he 100% makes our life go. He believes in me. He encourages me. He lets me be me, right? And I know without a shadow of doubt, he has my back. I have your back. 
I believe in you. I encourage yeah. you. You encourage yeah. me. You believe in me. You had said we need to keep counsel with people who see the biggest, best version of us and not mm-hmm. keep counsel with people who feel that we are not enough or that we're going to limit ourselves. How how do you get out of a friendship or a social group of people who love to complain about their spouse or complain about their jobs or just complain about life in general? And then how do you get intentional about creating this group of people who encourage each other? Well, I think that there, it, it feels like pain and loss at first. Yeah. I, th- I think that all change feels like pain and loss at first, right? But I think you just have to start to not like, I don't think it's an abrupt thing you do. Like, I'm not going to be involved. You know what I mean? But you can start to ease out. If you don't participate in conversations, people start to get uncomfortable complaining. If you sit there and you're not in that, you're not jumping in the gripe group, right? You're not the griping group. You're not jumping into that conversation. You're not getting in agreement with it. And you throw a positive in there. They won't invite you back. (laughs) You'll eliminate yourself. Right. You're going to stop getting invited to those parties. And then that feels like loss, too, because it's, we all want connection and love. Yeah. And so if we're not invited back to that gripe group, it can feel like I, I don't I'm not worthy of that connection and love. But you have to be OK with that. You have to be OK with it. And you're going to have a season of loneliness. I really feel like if you're if you're going to accomplish what you're going to accomplish on this earth and be all that you're created to be, you're going to have a few key people around you but you're not going to have the masses around you. The masses are not going to be, you can uh, be attracted to the masses. They can love you, but they're not, you're not going to be sitting at their council. I just don't believe that. I think that they're, you're going to go where you're supposed to go. God's going to bring people. I, I'm, I, I really believe that he brings the people that we need at the time. And I can look at my greatest season shifts and I'm like, it's a person. The season shift he brought from my life with a different voice and a different perspective. And it was exactly what I needed at the time. And have those people all stayed in my life? Um, some have and some haven't, like to, to a degree. I mean, I don't have burned bridges because I don't believe in that. But there's like, you just transition out of that and you, you just keep growing. And if they stay there and they can't go with you, they can't go with you. But it doesn't have to be abrupt. But sometimes it is. So, I mean, that is just one of those things, but I think you got to find people that feed what you're called to do on this earth and not put, you know, the fire extinguisher on it, on, on your dreams. I first heard this concept about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, and it was, uh, from Darren Hardy, Darren Hardy had yeah. that book, the compound effect, and he had a life assessment and he had mm-hmm. a friend assessment and he had, mm-hmm. he had me rate all of my friends one to 10 and the six categories or gardens of life, as he called it. And Mm -hmm. he said, whatever the average of that garden of life, if it's relationship, intimate relationship, whatever the average of those five closest people to you is, that's your ability for your intimate relationship. Whatever Mm -hmm. their uh, health and fitness is, that's who you're going to be. And so I like analyzed all these people. I was uh, in my mid twenties at the time as I was doing this. And I was like, wow, okay, this isn't the group of people I'm supposed to be around because my vision is bigger than what my average is. Yeah. And um, he called it limiting associations. He didn't Mm -hmm. say cut out. He said limit those associations. And then that creates space Mm -hmm. for, and nature abhors a vacuum, that creates space for new associations to come in. 
And I remember I had a period of time of loneliness too, of like, well, how do I get these new amazing associations of the people who are level 10 in relationship and level 10 in fitness and finance and, and in their emotional health? And, and I would just like, I kind of scratch my head, like, how does this happen? And it just happened organically. Mm-hmm. It just happened over time. And I put yourself in the right spaces though. Of course. Yeah. I, I would join groups and I would join masterminds and I yeah. started to say, okay, well, where would they hang out? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're donating to charity and I, that's, that calls to my heart too. And I would join charity organizations and then boom, your life just gets full mm-hmm. it, and it is again. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Uh, mm-hmm. You're definitely one of those people. You're just such an inspiration to me. And thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom on this podcast. I have already become a greater version of myself just listening to you speak today. Me too. I'm inspired by you. So, so thank if, you. if people want to hear more Amy Weenens, yeah. how do they find you? Uh, you are more podcasts on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on YouTube. I have a cha- YouTube channel, but you are more. So you are more podcast on YouTube, and otherwise you are more on Spotify and Apple. And if, so. and if people want to use you for real estate, because your team oh, is Amy the best. AmyWienens.com. AmyWienens.com. And you, you all are in Iowa, right? We are. We're in Iowa. Yes. Awesome. And we have the best team in Iowa. We have a fantastic team. No, I know you do. Yeah, and I, I've team. met them too. I've met, uh, I've met multiple people from your team. Amazing I have a human beings. Team. Yes. Yep, I have a fabulous team. And they have a fabulous leader. Thank you, Matt. Amy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head on over to mattoneal.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place. 